The X Factor Australia, Food Network Star, The Tyra Banks Show, The Apprentice UK, Deal or No Deal, Noah's Ark, Eight Out of Ten Cats, Go Diego Go, So You Think You Can Dance, Intervention, Mock of the Week, The Colbert Report, Entertainment Tonight Canada, Dancing with the Stars, The Deadliest Catch, The Boondocks, Everybody Hates Chris, Ghost Whisperer, The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, American Dad, Avatar The Last Airbender on Nickelodeon, Bones, America, which is a Brazilian drama, How I Met Your Mother, Doctor Who The Reboot, Criminal Minds, Grey's Anatomy, and The Office. All shows that premiered in 2005. Hey, hi, and hello. Welcome to Creative Forever, the podcast dedicated to keeping you forever inspired, forever motivated, forever creative, and forever you. I am your host, Janet, aka JM, aka the voice inside your head, aka your biggest fan. And together, we're going to get some creative shit done. All right, so let's just jump straight in. First, I want to make sure that everybody is staying safe and doing what they need to do uh, to take care of themselves during this terrible time of coronavirus. Um, This outbreak is worldwide, as you know. Please continue to take care of yourselves. Be safe. Stay inside as much as you can, please, 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 uh, so that we can flatten the curve and get through this. It may be longer than a month. I thought it was going to be maybe a month. It looks like it could be much longer than that, but we can do it. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. I'm thinking about you. All right. So this week, we're going to talk about three things. Compartmentalizing, obsession, and time blocking. So I've had to get very serious about these three things so that I can, one, get out of my own way, two, be as productive and creative as possible uh, day-to-day, week-to-week. And uh, I thought this would be a great thing to sort of share with you, uh, share how I think compartmentalizing obsession and time blocking are related and strategize how you can use these things to get creative shit done. First, do you compartmentalize? Do you do it all the time, most of the time, or occasionally? Compartmentalize means to divide into sections or categories. And most often, it's associated with emotions and feelings. The best example, I guess, would be someone that is in a relationship and yells at their partner, you are never tell me what you're thinking. I never know what you're going through. You never share that. It, it never comes out of you. You, you know, you're compartmentalizing your life and I'm not a part of those parts of your life and I want to be, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just making something up, right? But basically, when we think of compartmentalizing, we do think of it in terms of emotions and feelings and whether people are dividing their emotions and feelings into certain categories in their lives and not sharing them outside of those categories, or if feelings and emotions from all facets or sections of their life affect all other parts of their life. So when I started writing this episode, I immediately wrote down that I compartmentalize all the time. And then I was like, 
you're a damn liar. Like, you absolutely do not compartmentalize all the time, not even most of the time. As I said, the word is most often associated with feelings and emotions. And I mean, have I met myself? <laughs> okay, so do you remember back in 2005 when Six Feet Under was the TV show that everyone was obsessed with? Okay, so I remember watching that finale and crying the entire time. I remember immediately downloading the song Breathe by Sia, which plays over the last like 10 minutes of the episode. And then I fell into a deep depression. I was just listening to that song, thinking about the show and being sad. So this tells you right from jump, I wasn't compartmentalizing my emotions because I let this made up story on HBO depress the shit out of me. And those feelings bled into my actual day to day life. God help someone if they hadn't watched Six Feet Under and I found out about it in 2005. I was immediately like, what do you mean you haven't seen this show? Okay, what are you watching instead? The X Factor, Australia, Food Network Star, The Tiger Banks Show, The Apprentice UK, Deal or No Deal, Noah's Ark, 8 out of 10 cats, Go Diego Go, So You Think You Can Dance, Intervention, Mock of the Week, The Colbert Report, Entertainment Tonight, Canada, Dancing with the Stars, The Deadliest Catch, The Boondocks, Everybody Hates Chris, Ghost Whisperer, The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, American Dad, Avatar The Last Airbender on Nickelodeon, Bones, America, which is a Brazilian drama, How I Met Your Mother, Doctor Who, The Reboot, Criminal Minds, Grey's Anatomy, and The Office. Um, so I don't know what you're doing with your life, but those shows that you just mentioned, no one's going to even remember in 15 years, all right? You need to be watching Six Feet Under so that you understand why I'm so upset. Why I'm attacking you right now at work. <laughs> so I'm being hyperbolic, but like only a little bit. <laughs> My point is I don't usually compartmentalize, okay? I carry emotions and feelings from one situation, even if it's a fake situation, right on into the next one. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I am okay with it. Notice that when I initially asked you the question, I did not say, are you good or bad at compartmentalizing? Because I don't want you to judge yourself if you don't do it, nor do I want you to praise yourself for doing it. Too often, we assign value to our personal characteristics or habits for no good reason. Thou shall not compartmentalize is not a thing. Compartmentalizing is golden is also not a thing. And what I've discovered this week through asking other people about their compartmentalizing habits is that most of the time when someone does compartmentalize, it's to section off bad feelings and emotions that they have. For example, after a shitty day at work, most of us attempt to compartmentalize those feelings and emotions associated with that bad day and leave them at work. We are not trying to bring that energy home with us. I'm not saying we're successful. I'm saying we try not to. However, when most of us have a great day at work, we want to bring those positive emotions and feelings home with us. We try to take that good energy with us everywhere we go. And thinking about it this way leads me to believe that the closer each of us gets to living our best life, the less compartmentalizing of emotions and feelings we'll do because that energy, those emotions and feelings will be positive and we will want them to affect the other areas of our life. I don't know. I never really thought about it that way. But after talking to people about this and really thinking about it, I think it's totally interesting and kind of now a new life goal for me to get to my best life. And then I really won't ever compartmentalize um, because I'll want those positive feelings and emotions to go with me wherever I go. 
Next up, obsession. You know what I can do? Obsess. I can get wildly obsessed with something and then focus on it for hours, days, weeks, months. I can spend every fiber of my being thinking about one thing from all angles, whether that be a crush or a new computer I want or a new project or even one paragraph of something I'm writing. When I get in the zone of obsession, nothing but death can keep me from it. Now, obsession, unlike compartmentalizing, should probably have a little bit of a value assigned to it. Obsession is not necessarily a good thing and in extreme conditions can be very problematic. But I'm going to keep it real. My amount of obsession has served me well. I end up spending such a considerable amount of time and focus on projects or ideas or whatever it is I'm doing that I'm usually successful Let's put it this way. It's good when I'm obsessed about something career-oriented. It's bad when I'm obsessed about Harry Potter because I fall deep into the rabbit hole and ultimately waste time. Right now, I'm currently obsessed with the video game Oxygen Not Included. It's a space colony simulation game. So you land on a rock and you and your crew have to survive with the equipment, tools, and little food you have or can find. It's a resource management game. You dig out coal and metal ore, etc., and use everything to power your generators and keep oxygen in your base. Otherwise, everyone will suffocate. You can build a very elaborate world over time. And right now, I'm trying to master hydrogen power plant designs so that I can provide power to the whole base without too much carbon dioxide output. I bet I just lost half of you with this video game tangent. So what have we learned about me so far? (laughs) That I carry my emotions and feelings across all facets of my life, and I don't mind it because it's part of who I am. And that my ability to obsess is something I also don't mind. I like being able to focus on things intensely and uh, just fall down a rabbit hole. So the question becomes, how can I use this? How can my lack of compartmentalizing and my obsession help me, give me an advantage, especially a creative one? So I've been trying to answer this question for years. How do I do this? How do I take my emotion and feeling and obsessions and use them to get creative shit done? I tried tough love. (laughs) Having hard conversations with myself where I lay down the law and demand that I get my act together and focus. Janet, you take this feeling, you explore it, you write something and you finish it. Do it, do it now, do it, do it now. I don't have to tell you that this approach didn't work for me. It's scary and it's mean and it didn't do anything for my confidence or for my inspiration. So I tried letting it happen organically, man. Relaxing into the idea that good things will just come to me if I don't try to force it and if I remain open and positive, right? Janet, if you get inspired to take an emotion and do something with it, great. If you don't, no worries, no pressure. It'll eventually happen. I don't have to tell you that this approach did not work at all. I had more ideas and dreams than I did when I was trying to tough love them out of me, but nothing materialized after that. And that's because we as creative people have to assume a base level of effort in order to start and finish a project. Remember dreams and then steps toward those dreams? Trying to just let it happen organically was all dreams and no steps, and it got me nowhere. So I tried journaling, and this has really worked for me. 
I usually do it in the evenings and it helps me tremendously because I can get my emotions and feelings out and get them all out unfiltered without worrying how I sound or how I might be perceived. Journaling allows me to focus my emotions and feelings on a piece of paper, and then I'm able to go back, understand myself a little better, find seeds of an idea or a dream, and sometimes I'm even able to pull directly from my words. I have found a lot of dialogue for my characters in my journals. So journaling is good, and I highly recommend it. It really works for me. However, and we'll talk more about it in another episode, Journaling really acts more like a database or library of feelings and emotions that we can put, you know, put the work in or put the words in, put the feelings in, and then explore or find something to focus into action later. But we don't want journaling to hinder us by being our only door to creative action. We need the option to skip journaling and jump straight into channeling that emotion and feeling into something more. For example, there have been times when I have strong feelings about something going on in the world politically. And politics move fast, right? So it doesn't serve me to have strong feelings about something, write them down in a journal, and then come back later to write an opinion piece for the blog, right? By the time I do all of that, the emotion and passion I felt has started to dissipate, not to mention hot topics like politics move so fast. And if I don't act immediately, sometimes it'll be old news in a matter of hours. Another example of this comes up for me at certain parts of the day. I am a morning person, so that is always a great time for me. I feel good. I feel happy. I feel alert and confident. I'm always in the best position to use my feelings and emotions to take steps toward my dreams in the morning. So yeah, I could start my mornings journaling and cataloging my thoughts, but it would be more efficient if I just dived right into a project and took advantage of my morning personness. Is that a word, morning personness? <laughs> so here's what I've started to do and what I encourage you to explore and try for yourself. Time blocking. So time blocking is a productivity management strategy that challenges you to divide your tasks, actions, responsibilities into blocks of time. And for those of you thinking, JM, I already, you know, put my meetings and my appointments in my phone. Well, this is scheduling all of your calls, all of your meetings to happen during a specific block of time so that you are focused only on that. No checking emails during that time, no eating lunch during that time, just all the meetings and calls back to back to back. Now, the reason I have had success with time blocking as a creative is I've been able to provide structure around the most optimal parts of my day, my mornings. Of course, the way you choose to time block will be based on your own life. In my case, I don't have kids or pets. I have access to food at my day job, and I don't have to operate transportation to get to work. I just ride the subway. So with all of this in mind, here is how a great week usually goes for me. I typically have three blocks of time in my calendar each morning during the work week. Two are called morning focus, and the other is technically called self-care, but usually I just label it as gym. All right, first morning focus block. This is very early in the morning between 5 a.m. and 7 a.m. And during this time, I do creative work, whatever that may be. Writing a podcast episode like this one, 
researching topics for future content creation, getting a portion of a book chapter out of my head and on the page, creating musical interludes for the podcast. Now, during this time, I do not check emails or social media. I do not read or listen to books. I don't even have breakfast during this time. I may have some tea, but that is it. Okay, second block of time, the self-care block or the gym block. It's usually 90 minutes long and includes one hour of physical activity and about 30 minutes to get ready for the day with a yogurt or bowl of cereal squeezed in. During this time, I listen to podcasts, an audible book, music, or even a rough cut of something I've recorded to make sure the sound quality is good. Now, I always use these 90 minutes during my gym time or my self-care time to listen to something because it's very easy to do while I work out or even while I'm showering. All I have to do is just blast the phone so I can hear it over the shower. The point is 90 minutes later, that block of time is done and I'm good to go into the third block of time. The third block of time is called morning focus again. (laughs) Now, this one's a little different because I sometimes record an episode during this time and sometimes I use it for my day job. If my day job workload is crazy, then this is when I start working from home before I go in. It's easier for me to focus and it brings my start of the workday stress level down. You know what I'm talking about. When you walk into your day job and there's a sort of panic in your heart because you sit down and think to yourself, okay, where do I begin? Oh, uh, good morning, Steve. Okay, I guess I'll start with what? A meeting? Uh, A meeting when? Okay, sure. Okay. I'm going to, oh, hi, Lisa. Yes, good morning. Okay. Um, So an email, uh, what? I hate that shit. I hate it. And having a morning focus block at home really helps me when the day job workload is large. However, if things are going smooth at work, I usually just record. I have the house to myself by this time because my spouse has gone to her job. And often I'm recording what I wrote in the first focus block that morning. It's funny because recording takes the least amount of time for this podcast. And I usually finish pretty quickly and I'm able to either start editing or jump back to whatever I was doing, you know, during the first morning focus. The best part is I can literally walk out of the door at any time because I'm already ready to go. I end these three blocks of time in the morning by getting on the train. This is where I will read a book on my phone, watch a TV show I downloaded on my phone, or listen to music, a podcast, Audible, or another rough cut of something I've recorded and want to make sure the sound quality is good. But usually I just chill out and watch a TV show. So during a good week, I am able to use time blocking and my good energy, morning person, emotion, and feelings to focus it into action, into steps toward my dreams. By the time I've walked into my day job, I've had one, usually two opportunities to focus on creativity and at least one opportunity to focus and get a head start on my workday if needed. I've also usually worked out or had some sort of self-care thing happen and I've indulged in an activity I enjoy like a TV show, a book, or a podcast. All of this by 10 a.m. 
So I don't time block the rest of my day because I usually have such a variety of things going on and it doesn't usually work well with time blocking. When I was trying to do it, I was just setting myself up for failure and total disappointment. I could never guarantee that I'd be home and done with my work by seven. And I definitely couldn't guarantee that my emotions and feelings wouldn't be all over the place, leaving me tired and unmotivated. So in the evenings, I get a journal entry done I, you know, take my emotions and feelings and focus them on the page, try to leave them there, try to leave my heart and mind in the journal and save it for a time where I can successfully focus any of that content into something actionable. But outside of that, I let life happen. The only thing I do is try to get in bed by 9 p.m. Saturdays and Sundays, my favorite days as a creative person. Saturday and Sunday are my obsession days, and I love it. On these days, I pick something and I just obsess. It could be trying to master that video game I was telling you about earlier. I'll play for like 17 hours. Or it can be me jumping into a book and finishing it the same day, teaching myself how to use After Effects or a marathon podcast editing session. The fact of the matter is I always get so much done during this time. And I think it's because I allow myself to really enjoy whatever it is I decide to obsess over. And I never pick something I hate, you know? It's never doing my taxes or paying bills or doing the dishes. I do that stuff in the evenings when I am not at my best. (laughs) On the weekend days, I obsess and conquer and obsess and conquer some more. So what if you time blocked a portion of your day? What if you allowed yourself an obsession day or hour? Do you think you would be able to focus your emotions and feelings during this time into something fruitful, into creative action? You may not have the same lifestyle as me. You may have kids or night job or Tuesdays off, not Saturdays. But whatever your week to week is, I bet you can find some consistent time to block off and take advantage of. So many of you are night owls too. So you could do your time blocking between 10 p.m. and midnight. And remember when I talked about making sacrifices for your creativity in a previous episode, that I often pass up drinks after work, et cetera, so that I can stay on schedule and not be hungover and have time for more creativity? Well, now is a good time to try this out while we have to social distance. You have probably found a few free hours of time in your days now that you can't be out in these streets when you would usually be out in these streets, right? (laughs) What if you time block them and get creative? Of course, it's going to take some time to get into the habit of time blocking and you will never be 100% at it, okay? I have seven self-care, aka gym blocks of time in my schedule each week, you know, one a day for the seven days. And I usually only do four of them as I described above. The other three, I may dedicate to laundry or cleaning up, which is also self-care. Or I sometimes just have a half-assed workout, which I'm okay with. No matter how intense that block of time is for me, it's still self-care time, and I block it and use it as such. Same with my morning focus time block. It's never about how much or how intensely I use that time. It's simply that I use that time to focus my energy, emotions, and feelings on creativity every day. So I encourage you to try time blocking out. I'm going to put a bunch of links in the show notes so that you can read some more about it. Um, 
do what works for you. Start slowly, start small. I also urge you to embrace not being able to compartmentalize, embrace having emotions and feelings throughout the day from all parts of your day uh, and seeing what you can do with those if you focus it into work, into something creative, into a project or business, um, and that you also obsess and obsess freely when you have time to and see what that does for your, you know, heart and soul, because I'm telling you, it makes me feel good. All right. It's been a pleasure doing this show today. It's really done my heart some good writing this episode. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram at Creative Forever. That's creative, the number four, E-V-R. And until next time, stay safe. Be conscious about what's going on around you. If you can help others, please do. Isolation and social distancing is a way to help others. So just keep that in mind when you feel like you just need to leave the house. You are helping others by staying at home. And uh, we will talk next week. Oh, and I think I'm going to start releasing these on Fridays. So hear me out. I think if I release them on Fridays, because I love Saturday and Sunday as like my creative days so much, that if I release them on Fridays, then you get to hear about being creative on a Friday, which might set you up for success during the weekend, right? So um, yeah, we're going to try that. We were doing Wednesdays. Now we're going to do Fridays. Um, I like it. We'll see if you do too. (laughs) Okay. Don't forget to be creative this week, even if you just think about it. Later.